0: recording hi this is Mark Sevy plot points podcast I'm with uh, another great friend of mine who is also a wonderful writer producer director teacher martial artist uh, animator illustrator father uh, I don't know what else to add to that Victor I'm just tired of listing all your accomplishments uh, but but anyway it's Victor fan how you doing Victor?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me back on the show, Mark.
0: Oh, sure. You're always a treat. Um, Victor and I met in 2010. Uh, sorry, 2009, when I started the Orange County Screenwriters Association. He was he and his students were at the first meeting, and I couldn't get rid of them. Uh, so he ended up uh, becoming a board member, one of the OGs, and um, we've known each other since then. I've talked at his classes we've done events together we had we've had a lot of fun he's a great guy he he's also you're very much a comic book impresario you love comics and games and stuff like that yeah so yeah what's full time nerd
1: my friend full time nerd full
0: time okay so tell me um instead of what are we watching tell me what what games or and or comic books uh you're currently uh in love with
1: um so i'm playing catch up cuz you know it was a crazy school year for me so i mean I'm sure everybody. Uh, So I fell behind on a lot of of my comics when playing catch up now. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm reading Amazing Spider-Man. I'm reading reading Spawn. I'm reading Venom. uh, And I just finished a DC series. I typically don't read DC, but this one was a a mega event, so I had to read it called The Doomsday Clock last Mm. night. And um, and pretty much what that does is that it ties in the Watchmen into the mainstream DC universe to tie up a lot of the loose strings in the DC storylines.
0: Yeah, I saw you post that on Facebook. I was going to delve into that a little bit the watchmen are pretty cool um but i know i know you're a marvel guy so this is really unusual to uh to see you dipping into the dc universe so um anyway you know at at one time there was only the dc universe so uh, um, are you working on anything for your creative uh world
1: no, I'm just primarily doing software development right now.
0: Right. Yeah. I know you're still, which is creative. <laughs> it's still, yeah, no, it is absolutely. People don't realize I, I tell everybody the people who do best in my classes are the pro are programmers and attorneys because, um, they're, they, they're goal oriented. They know what they want to do before they sit down. No, no writer should sit down and say, I'm just going to write. So well, that's not true. I don't know what I'm saying, but it's really, they're, they're very goal oriented. I'm going to cut all this shit out because I'm blabbering like an idiot. Uh, anyway, uh, so w- we have a lot to get to. Uh, you had some ideas as, as to what the podcast should cover. And I liked, um, I liked your ideas. I'm, we're going to do a profile of a, uh, a pretty, un- I think, to me, unknown uh, African-American screenwriter. Um, but before we do that, we're going to say again that we're Plot Points Podcast. You can find us on iTunes and, um, there's a bunch of places. I mean, it's posted to everywhere. And then also on plotpoints.com. And then as I said with Victor before, he and I are a part of the Orange County Screenwriters Association, OCScreenwriters.com, where you can find, uh, some information. And usually every writer profile I do is posted to that website. So if you don't, if you don't hear them on the podcast, you can catch up on them in print. Um so the idea here I always like talking horror with you because you're such a inefficient auto you you really know your horror shit. Uh you write it, you you watch it, uh you you try to involve it in your personal life uh, all the time. <laughs> I'm kidding. Anyway, so the idea here was to pick the top our top, not the world's top, our top, subjective uh horror films from the seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, and twenty tens, um, which would include twenty ten to twenty twenty. So, you want to give us a give us year list, Vic?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, uh, I'm starting at the seventies, and okay. for the seventies, I have The Exorcist mm-hmm. by William Peter Blatty and uh, William Friedkin. Um, greatest horror movie of all time. So, it has absolutely,
0: it still scares me to this day.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and then uh, for the eighties, I have The Shining. Mm. Yeah, written by uh, Kubrick and uh, Diane Johnson, based on a novel by Stephen King and directed mm-hmm. by Kubrick himself. Mm-hmm. For the 90s, uh Silence of the Lambs. Mm. Written by Ted Tally, based on a novel by Thomas Harris and directed by Jonathan Demme.
0: Yeah, the novel is called um the is called Red Oh god, it's not the it's not Silence of the Lambs, but it's well, god, I can't believe I can't remember it.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, Go yeah, on. Red Dragon was Manhunter. Red
0: Dragon, yeah, right.
1: Yeah. Um, and then two thousands was actually kind of tricky because that was the decade of remakes when Hollywood re- went remake crazy. So I had to dig pretty deep for this one, and it was uh, "Let the Right One In." Oh original. my
0: God, that's the same one I picked.
1: Uh, of course, exactly. We're on the same wavelength.
0: Yeah, that's a great the, "Let the Right One In." The original, the Swedish version, yes. is so freaking good. The the American version was was really good, but not I don't think not quite as good as the uh, the original. So that was I agree 100%. Fa- fantastic. Yeah.
1: And for uh, 2010s, I put Hereditary, written oh, okay. by and directed by Ari Aster, who's like the face of art house horror right now.
0: Uh-huh. Cool. Okay. Wow, that's a great list. And at least half of it is my list, too. Um, I started in the 60s with Psycho because I felt like there had to be a, a recognition of Hitchcock's. Hitchcock did a lot of horror, uh, a lot of act- slasher horror, I guess it would be called, not supernatural horror. Uh, we sh- maybe should have differentiated that at some point, but, uh, and then the exorcist definitely in the seventies, uh, I picked poltergeist for, for the eighties. Um, because I watched it recently and it doesn't really hold up as well as I remember, but it is still one of the, I thought one of the, the, the idea of that little girl going into the television still freaks me out, uh, there was a, a Outer Limits or Twilight Zone episode years ago where a little boy falls into the space behind the bed and ends a different dimension, which is, has always freaked me out too. So, so that's why I always look in the crack between, the headboard, make sure there's no, that the dimensional gate is an opening. Uh, I had a, a, a tie for the nineties that I couldn't, uh, I couldn't change one. So I picked Sonnets of the Lambs too. One of the most incredibly well done. Uh, films ever i think but i also picked scream um because scream really you know talk about flipping a genre on its ear it it delivered on all the genre horrors but also on the on the fun of you know don't say i'll be right back you know that kind of stuff and then let the right one in man we that is a wonderful film and then for 2010 I picked It Follows. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. Yeah, of course I have. Yeah, but it is scary. I thought it was scary. It was—it's just weird, scary. So, um, but these are great uh, films for you guys. If you guys are—I know a lot of people aren't into horror, but there's a, as many people that probably are or more. Uh, if you have a chance and you haven't seen any of these films, check them out. <laughs> Okay, uh so Plot Points Podcast. I'm Mark Sevi. I'm with my good friend Vic- Victor Fan who also teaches at Cal State Fullerton. He's uh he works for a high school, a huge high school here in in Orange County as a tech as a tech guru. Um, he also is a wonderful illustrator. Is your artwork still up on for sale?
1: Um yeah, if you go on deviant.com, it's still on there. Deviant
0: and and type in your name.
1: Yeah, Deviant Art, yeah
0: okay deviantart and then uh, look for victor fan p h a n um i'm the proud owner of one of uh victor's uh i i bid on it got it for practically nothing and uh he you know he's bitter to this day that i bought it because i bought it i i made a a a surgical strike to get it before it went up in price <laughs> So yeah. I, have, and I, have I threw imagine. in
1: a, I threw in a free uh, original last of us illustration yes. in there for you too, <laughs> right. which is topical because part two comes out next week.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah. Victor does, does some wonderful illustrations and that, and, uh, he's also a really talented, uh, filmmaker and you get your, if you go to IMDB, you can see some of his, um, some of his credits. Um, so anyway, um, So I'm going to do a profile of a, of a writer, uh, director, producer who I don't think a lot of people know about, although he's very, he's famous, uh, in, in many, many ways. Um, in, he was born in 1884. His name is Oscar Michaud. Uh, he was a, a, an author, filmmaker, playwright, and activist. And for his time, his success was unprecedented because he was a, he was an African American, um, In a world where, well, it says, let me just follow the script here. African-Americans were just a few decades removed from slavery. The 15th Amendment, which guaranteed the rights of blacks to vote, was passed just 14 years before Oscar Michaud was born. Lynchings and race-driven murders were still all too common in many, many parts of America. Michaud's father, himself a former slave, sired 13 children on a farm in Illinois. A middle child, Michaud rebelled against everything and became somewhat of a problem. He eventually moved to Chicago to live with his brother. Uh, he tried a lot of jobs that were never very satisfying, but they led him to save some money and make some solid connections in the white community. After bouncing around, Michaud eventually became a homesteader in South Dakota. While there, some articles he had written made their way to the Chicago Defender to be published. His experiences in South Dakota as a sharecropper informed much of his early literary work and led to a long career as a writer in many genres, but focusing on the social issues of the time. In 1913, Michaud's first book, The Conquest, The Story of a Negro Pioneer, was published. A connection to the Lincoln Motion Picture Company, upon the publishing of his second novel, seemed promising but ultimately fruitless. Michaud wanted control over the film adaptation of his novel, and the owner of the production company just flatly refused. Michaud promptly founded his own company, the Michaud Film and Book Company of Sioux City, even though he was in Chicago and wrote, directed, and produced the film The Homesteader based on his book about his experiences in South Dakota. Forty more films followed. The movies were raw, in-your-face, features that pulled no punches about race relations and societal issues of the time, which in and of itself is pretty remarkable. Quote, it is only by presenting these portions of the race portrayed in my pictures in the light and background of their true state that we can raise our people to greater heights, end quote. Besides being the first African-American to produce a film in 1919, in 1924, Michaud introduced the movie-going world to the astounding uh, actor, singer, Broadway star Paul Robeson uh, in his film Body and Soul. He attacked the racism, racism in D.W. Griffith's film Birth of a Nation in his own film called Within Our Gates. Michaud never shrunk from a fight, and many of his movies, books, and just his attitude in general created enemies – Not happy with this man of modest means taking the white community to task in the cinema and newspapers. This is from Wikipedia. Quote, Michaud's films were made during a time of great change in the African-American community. His film featured contemporary black life. He dealt with racial relationships between blacks and whites and the challenges for blacks when trying to achieve success in larger society. His films were used to oppose and discuss the the racial injustice that African-Americans received. Topics such as lynching, job discrimination, rape, mob violence, and economic exploitation were depicted in his films. These films also reflect his ideologies and autobiographical experiences. The Producers Guild said he was, quote, the most prolific black, if not most prolific, independent filmmaker in American cinema. Michaud wrote and produced Wrote, produced, and directed 45 feature length films between 1919 and 1948 and wrote seven novels, one becoming a national bestseller. Oscar Michaud, born to ex slave, defied all odds to become a successful film producer, scriptwriter, playwright, author, and entrepreneur. He died in 1951. He's buried in Charlotte, North Carolina. His gravestone reads, A Man Ahead of His Time. So had you ever heard of Oscar Micheaux?
1: No, I haven't.
0: Yeah. pretty interesting guy. He um uh it, it, there are some of his films up on uh, Amazon, probably other streaming services. Some of them are free, some of them are 2.99. He actually wrote like there's one that's really interesting uh, about looks like a genre film about a murder, like a like a detective thing. So I'm going to check him out. I didn't have time be- after I wrote this, uh but uh definitely let me let me spell his name in case you guys are interested in finding him. It's Oscar M I C H E A U X Michel. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I hope I am. So, so we are Plot Points Podcast. My name is Mark Sevi. If you have any comments on this podcast or anything you want to hear or see or discuss, you can go to plotpoints.com uh, there's a, there's a contact form there or call 919 scripts. That's 919Scripts. That's 919 cripts Also, we're on uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And I just, um, I, I'm looking at other, uh, we're currently with Libson, which is a great host. Uh, but I'm currently looking at other hosts. So we may change, uh, the, the, the uh, discussion at some point. Victor, do we have any, did we get any questions for today?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I made a uh, four of them.
0: <laughs> oh, well, let's just do one.
1: Okay. Um, so the movies we've mentioned in our list today are known for specifically original scenes, right? There's always that one really specific original scene that that's what people remember about that movie, and it lasts forever. Mm-hmm. What is the key for a writer like you know us to create that very specific, memorable, original scene?
0: Um, boy, that's a that's a hard question because it gets into your Creativity, but a a couple, perhaps the best thing. One of the best things to do is to know what's come before. So if you are not, if you want to write a horror film and you're not a horror film fan, you're going to end up repeating the beats that have been done over and over again. That's kind of what Scream's about. Scream takes all the 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 tropes and turns them on their ear. Um, But you've got to know your genre. That's number one. Number two is if a lot of stuff that works comes out of character or actually let's take a step back it comes out of the rules the mythology of your script so if you have if you have rules like like uh, it follows and um, uh, a quiet place and bird box if you if you establish those rules in your mythology of your script then the horror and the good scenes are going to come out of that as opposed to just generically throwing the what what I call the, the jumping cat or the you know subjective uh, bush bushes scene i mean we've seen that a thousand times so the other thing is just make sure you don't um you don't how do i put it that you write your scenes with as much with as much passion as you can and and don't settle for the first thing that comes out of your out of your head Um, that's okay in first draft, but always be looking to, to make that a stronger, a stronger moment. So it's impossible for me to tell anybody how to write. Um, all I can do is tell you the benefit of what I've gone through, which is I wrote all the crap first, uh, got it out of my system. And then once I did, uh, some of the more original scenes came out. Uh, so what was it movie we were watching, um, Oh, anyway, I can't think of it, but for original scenes, there's, there are some movies. A lot of times you see the same shit being recycled, and I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but if you really want to stand out. Oh, I know who it is. There's a writer named Jed McCurio McCur- who wrote Bodyguard. Um, I don't know if you've seen that. It's on Netflix. He also wrote a, um, a, a series called Line of Duty, and it's about a group of officers in, in a, in a, a unit called AC 12 in England, which is a, a fictional like um, um, unit that goes after cops who are corrupt. And he's got some really amazing original scenes in that film or in that series. So uh, he's a good person to take a look at, but all the great ones do it. It's just hard. It's, it's, it's practice, 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 practice. so, <laughs> Um, okay, at this point, I'm going to tell you again that this is Victor Fan on the other end of my Zoom meeting. Um, he is a wonderful human being, great father, um, and uh, you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, your your daughter's going to graduate next year, right?
1: No, she, she's she's going to become a junior next year. Uh, okay,
0: so you got a while. And then um, he also is a teacher, a tech guru, a whole bunch of things. Um, check him out. Check out his stuff on Deviant Art. Dot uh, com, I believe. And um, also, you know, you can find him all over the Web. He's part of OC Screenwriters. He's a teacher at uh, at a large college here in California. He does tech work for a huge high school um, and he's a good friend. So thank you, Victor, for being with me on uh, Plot Points podcast. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me, man. I love I love being here with you.
0: I I wish it could be every week, honestly. And uh, I, I love Chris. I love Larry. I love Michelle. Um, but there, it's impossible to get you all on at the same time. So it can only be one or the other, but I uh, appreciate you hanging in, hanging in. And, uh, if you, uh, if you care to watch the podcast, uh, or see the, hear the podcast, go to iTunes or plotpoints.com, uh, and check us out. And for myself, Victor and everybody at OC Screenwriters, be inspired. Do good work. <laughs>